Welcome back to the uh, north side of Chicago. This is Mike. And this is Jeff. And, and uh, we're uh, lucky to have Kyle Malzahn from uh, Cubs Live on the trough this week. Um, welcome, Kyle. Hey, man. Thanks Thanks for having me, guys. I'm, I'm excited to talk some Cubs baseball. You know, spring training has started, so there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to dive into, so I'm excited to talk. Yep, yep. So, um just for our listeners, however many listeners we have, but you know, maybe, maybe, maybe 10, 12. I don't know. Man, we're big in fucking Silicon Valley. Yeah, right? we, are, so, we, like, are, we are. We're supposed to be, we're supposedly big in, in uh, Northern California, but, <laughs> but uh, Kyle runs a blog called Cubs Live um, and you're pretty active on Twitter um, also with just Cubs news. And, and I've, as a fan, even before we I started this podcast, I just started to get more into um, bloggers like yourself and their perspective. So, how did this all start for you? Like, what talk about your experience? Maybe um, starting the blog, being a Cub fan, just just how did yeah. this come about? Yeah, of course. So, being a Cubs fan, you know, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother growing up, uh, watching the Cubs all the time on WGN every day, almost at one o'clock every day. You know, I just found a love for the team. And even if they weren't as good at the time, there was just something about the team that was different, you know. Mm -hmm. So I remember my grandma took me down to Wrigley Field probably for the first time when I was around nine. I saw them play the Pirates. It was a late it was a late August game. They actually won 17 to two. And uh, and it was it was an amazing game to go to for my first one. And ever since then, it's been in my blood, my soul and literally inked on me. And yep. I have a half sleeve, actually, to dedicate the Cubs in the recent World Series win. So, uh, yeah, man, it's just a way of life being a Cubs fan, and I wouldn't want it any other way. As far as the, you know, the blogging goes, so back in 2015, right when the Cubs started to get good again, uh, in the offseason, I just wanted to share my love for the Cubs with other fans, and there's really no other way to do it in the sports world to connect with other people than Twitter. Mm -hmm. So I started Cubs Live in the offseason of 2015, and back then I had no following whatsoever, had no expectations really. I just wanted to do something out of my norm. So, you know, I just kept on putting out content left and right, and sooner than later my followings actually started to grow. I made a website, and it really started taking off from there. You know, fast forward two years to now, I have five writers for the website. I have a pretty good base of followers, been appearing on baseball podcasts on behalf of covering the Cubs. You know, I'm here talking with you guys, so I can't complain. I have a TV appearance coming up on a WGN Sports Feed show uh, in the next week or two. And to some people, I'm an outlook on the Twitter world for Cubs baseball. And for me, that's such a rewarding feeling, you know, sharing my love for the Cubs on a bigger platform and putting out the content for other fans or other people to, other people to see. Now, I have a lot of plans in the upcoming future this season, one of them being a merchandise site on our uh, website. So I'm in works for that. So a lot of big things are happening and a lot I want to tackle on, but... Uh, right now, I'm pretty happy with what has happened in the past two seasons. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's important. Um, I think fans, now that there's more options for media, I think it's exactly. um, when you when you hear the passion that someone has for a subject matter, um, I think yeah. that really can come through. And that's maybe what speaks to people. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, um, just want to... Chime in here. His, the Cubs Live um, um, on Twitter is Cubs underscore live. Um, it's a really good follow if you're a Cubs fan. Just, um, you know, wanted to want to put that out there. So, Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I just, I just try to give, a, you know, other, other fans a fan base perspective. And I like to put out the content for people, you know, covering the games, live tweeting, uh, doing some inside stuff, and really just helping other fans stay connected with the team because it's cool to follow, you know, the Cubs Twitter, but hearing opinions and the rumors and everything else is another thing. And I'm glad to provide that for others. 
Yeah. So Jeff and I are actually going to be going out to spring training on Saturday. Um, Sounds like a blast. Yeah. Of, we've done it. We've done it. Um, it's something. Uh, it's actually a tradition I started with my dad probably about 16 years ago. Uh, he's since okay. pa- he's since passed away, but I carry on the tradition. And uh, you know, but that you know, for our listeners, that's actually going to be uh, my opportunity to write my first story for Cubs Live. Um, yeah. So, so you know, thank you for giving me that opportunity. Yeah, thank you for joining, man. I'm happy to have you on the team. You know, along with you, there's other like three or four writers. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know you guys will make a good team and put out the best content and only help us grow. So I'm happy to have you on the team, man. Cool. Thank you. Uh, so let's let's get into it. Spring training. Um, I'm looking right now, um, and my main questions are: Who do you think are going to make? What players are going to make an impact in camp? I mean, typically that's a it's kind of a loaded question because some guys have a terrible spring training, but a great year. Um, yeah. It, it's more, in my mind, looking at spring training, it's more about like that rookie that establishes himself or kind of yep. people say like, whoa, check that guy out. Or, um, exactly. or, or, you know, maybe a prospect that you're excited to see and maybe that person, you know, takes the next step yeah. and kind of gets on people's radar. Yeah, exactly. So I have a few, actually. So one that uh, a lot of people on last season got a little taste of was Victor Caratini. Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a fight for that backup catcher role between Chris Jimenez and Caratini. And I think you're going to see Caratini put up a good spring training campaign and put a resume together to break camp. You know, Caratini is a guy who hit 340 in Iowa last year, came up later in the year, put together a solid season when his moment was called on. So I think he batted like a 260 when he got called up to the MLB. And I know it's Jimenez came over here and he's familiar with Darvish, but Darvish is also getting familiar with Contreras. The past two bullpens, Darvish has pitched to Contreras. So who knows who gets that second uh, goal? Yeah, the um, Caratini, you know, his hit tool is phenomenal. Um, it's yeah. always been a question about his defense. You know, he's a converted infielder to catcher. I still think he's learned a position. I think that's where he will have problems making the team. But uh, yeah, I think the hit tool is can't be questioned. He's a good hitter. Um, solid on base percentage, and uh, it'd be interesting to see where he goes. He, what is he, 24, 25 now? Yeah, he's um, super young. Yeah, so, so he's he's probably the most solid player right now in the Cubs system um, near the top of, you know, AAA. So, yeah, I think we'll see him this year a lot. And I, and I do think it's nice if one, if one of those guys go down. I'm not saying I want them or, you know, but things do happen in the season. It's a long season. It's mm-hmm. a grind. So, you know, between Jimenez, Contreras, and Carantini, we have three solid catchers that can come up and really fulfill a spot if someone goes down. So that's always nice to have. And that's the beauty of this Cubs team, you know. We have depth all through all our, our positions. So, yeah, it's just super nice to have those guys. Um Another one on my watch list is obviously you, Darvish, for multiple reasons. You know, our biggest signing this offseason. I'm excited just to watch him work with Jim Hickey, work on his slider and curveball, and see him in action in Cubby Blue because he's really, you know, hyped up. And I uh, just really want to see him work with this team and get familiar and everything else, that the intangibles that go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, another any, one was – Yeah, I was just one, I was just going to chime in. Any, any sort of like – um, maybe guys off the radar, like young, young guys that we haven't heard about, um, that, the, yeah. that, that the casual fan maybe hasn't heard about that you're excited. Okay. Yeah. So Dylan Maples is yes. one, you know, he's yes. a minor, 
right-handed pitcher. He has one of the nastiest sliders I've seen. And when he matures and can come up to the MLB and use that effectively, you're going to see this bullpen get really good really quick. Came up last year, didn't have the outings he wanted, but this stuff is there, man. And if, if he can work on it this spring, that's another guy to add in the near future to this bullpen and really strengthen it because I'm really I'm really hyped up as uh, watching Dylan, Ma- Dylan Maples come up, and I'm, I'm super excited to see what he brings to the table. Uh, that's that's probably my biggest one I really want to watch this year along. And another bullpen piece would be Justin Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just Joe Madden said the other day that he really wanted to get him back to his old self. So I want to see him work with Jim Hickey on his stuff, particularly just his stuff and get familiar and confident because I feel like last year his struggles were a little confident. Uh, his confidence struggles and he didn't really, you know, trust his stuff and adding another lethal left-handed pitcher like him in our bullpen is going to be a huge weapon. So I think a lot of these young guys are going to get at bats. They're going to get more familiar with this core that, you know, and guys like Rizzo and Brian are going to help these guys out too. Like Caratini Contreras is going to work with him. So um, spring training is the best way to do it. And uh, yeah, so I think the biggest one for me as a prospect would be Dylan Maples because I think he's the next upcoming star in the bullpen. Yeah, I, I I thought Maples showed stuff like he has got a wipeout slider. He's um, absolutely you know he's he's I saw the future Cubs closer when I saw him pitch. So yeah. you know seeing him this year, I, I'm excited about this bullpen. They they look uh, you know on the, like you said, Justin Wilson's due for a bounce back. He's got he's a great pitcher when he's on. Shishak had a nice second half of the year last year. Brendan Morrow, we know what he did. Edwards, yeah. I'd like to see him get his confidence back. I think that's going to be a big mark. But, you know, um, like you said, Maples is a big wild card, and I think we're going to see a really effective pitcher this year if he gets a chance. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You talked on C.J. Edwards, too, and I could see maybe even C.J. going in that future closer role coming up here in the upcoming years. He, I mean, high 90s, he has a fastball that – fools a lot of hitters it's just when he's on he's on but when he's off he's off mm-hmm. and joe madden doesn't you know he has a short leash on him because we know if he's off things can go downward and spiral real quick so um it's just these guys finding their confidence their inner self and uh just trusting their self their stuff i think so it kind of brings me to the next topic that i wanted to talk about it is the bullpen and the closer so it sounds like moro has been kind of anointed the closer um and it, I would have to say as a fan and as a critical fan of the team, I'm a little concerned because Brandon Morrow has, I think, two saves coming into this yeah. year, career. Yep. And, um, you know, yes, he had, you know, he pitched well under the bright lights of the, the playoffs in the World Series. But, you know, this guy has a history of arm troubles. He has a history of yep. injuries. And I mean, are you a little bit concerned about Brandon Morrow? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily concerned about Morrow being our closer. I mean, look, losing Wade Davis, it's hard to fulfill that spot in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. He went 32 for 33 last year in save attempts, 32 straight saves. So really, no matter who you brought in other than Wade, it was going to be a downgrade. But a healthy Brandon Morrow, like you said, you're going to get a pretty good piece in the back end of the bullpen. You know, he's only had two saves. You said that before since 2009, and both of them came last year in L.A. So if he's on, he's on. The only thing that would concern me, like you said, is staying healthy, maintaining his health. But, you know, last year he did so, and he proved that he could be one of the top arms in any bullpen. You know, he just posted, I think, like a 2 ERA, maybe a little bit above, like a 2.09 or something like that. So, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing for me would be health. And, uh, and 
look, if if we if he go, if he were to go down, you know, we got CJ Edwards, we got you know Dylan Maples, maybe you know if he can really work on his stuff. So I mean, we we have other pieces that can you know fulfill his role. But I think as a, you know, just thinking about it, I think the only thing that would concern me is his health because uh, he's had an injury history before. So. Yeah, that's the biggest thing for me about Brandon Morrow is just staying healthy and, you know, having that 162 grind in him. Yeah, I mean, and, and what I, you know, for a closer, I think one of the biggest things is pitching back-to-back days. Um, yeah. It, you know, is this guy, when the Cubs are on a win streak, is he going to be, be available to go three, four games in a row? And, you know, um, I know I, what I do like about the bullpen is they do have some guys with close, closing experience like C-Shack and even Justin Wilson last year had some closing experience, but, Mm -hmm. but um, to have your number one guy have two saves, it's a little concerning. I mean, look, I understand this is a a embarrassment of riches. We're talking about a really good team here, but um, you know, the closer is in an important position. Yeah. Isn't it nice though? We're discussing um, the depth of the Cubs. And like you stated earlier, how deep this team is going into the 2018 season. I love this bullpen. I really do. Oh, I love it too. You know, I I mean, what team doesn't have bullpen questions though, right? So we're talking about Morrow, C-Shack. I'm really high on C-Shack. He had a good second half. He was with Hickey, you know, and then we're we're looking at Strope. We know what he can do. He can get hot. Like you stated, Edwards has a nice arm. Maples has a nice arm. Justin Grimm's going to be back. You know, that's that's what I was also going to get to. and, and, And it was a topic, so... I've seen some uh, some stories from NBC Sports and some of the other um, newspapers, and they're talking about basically there's going to be a battle for kind of the last bullpen spot because some of these bullpen spots are already sewn up. You know, you got yep. you got Strope, you got Wilson, you got C.J. Edwards, you've got uh, Mike Montgomery, um, you've got Grim, Gr- but Grim is on the bubble. He's one of those yeah. guys. Yeah. So so I'm 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 wondering. Who is your, in your opinion, Kyle? Who do you think makes that last spot in the bullpen? He's an option for sure, but but yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's either up to Justin Grimm or the newly acquired Cubs Shea Simmons. Yeah, Shea Simmons. Both of them, both of them had struggling years last year, but the Cubs saw something in Simmons. You know, Theo and company, the front office, the player development team have a pretty good metric system that goes beyond the regular stats. So maybe he can come and work with this team and make the team out of camp. As for Grimm. You know, he recently had his arbitration case with the Cubs. You know, I feel like there might have been some drama behind the scenes that goes along with it because that was the first time Theo actually had an arbitration case. And mm-hmm. That's as, right. Like, as always, Theo won. So, uh, but it's it's really going to come down to either one of those guys, I think, who can prove themselves to bounce back in the bullpen in the upcoming season. So, Justin Grimm or Shea Simmons, I think, may get that ex- that uh, break camp after uh, spring training. Which, which leaves our guy Dylan Maples on the outside looking in which kind of blows because yeah. um, yeah. he was one of the candidates for that last position. But, uh, you know, yeah, I think you're going to see him come up like uh, mid-year, maybe. Uh, maybe he's obviously going to come up in September. But I think mid-year that if he has a good campaign in spring training down in Iowa, that he can come up and, you know, really be effective for us. So he's well, another guy. There's nothing more that I hate as a baseball fan that when a guy's out of options, that's the guy you have to take. And it sounds yeah. like that's the case with Grimm. Like we can't just send him down. We, you know, we, we you know, so he is out of options. So in my mind, he's probably the last guy to make it, but I don't know that he deserves it. Yeah, I, I, you're exactly right. You know, I think that he, he has that spot already, but I don't think he deserves it. He was, 
he was so bad. Like he, 2015 Grimm was so good. Mm-hmm. 2016, okay, you know, not not as good, but 2017 was just a disaster season for him. So I don't think he deserves it, but you know, he's kind of established himself as a major leaguer, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, so you're right. I think he does get it. Um, not necessarily I agree with it, but I, I do think he gets it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. And, uh, you know, the Ma- Maples is going to be there, like we stated earlier. You know, he's they're not going to go through a season without shuffling the bullpen around. Nobody does. No team ever makes it that way. So, you know, we'll see Maples. Um, who else? I mean, who knows who they'll add during the year, too. There's always a chance they could add, like, a Chapman. I mean, they don't have the prospects anymore, obviously. But, you know, there's a, the Cubs, like you stated before, we have the depth here to make a move at the deadline if there's a player out there that they need. If they one of these guys doesn't pan out as closer, they'll go out and get one at midseason. Exactly. That's that's the beauty of having that depth, you know. It all comes down to when you, in July, if you're looking on the outside or you're the front runner and you need that kind of star to really solidify yourself as the front runner, they can go out and get one. Uh, so I think it's just all about the pace and play and take day by day and see where you are at the trade deadline. So before I get into it, you know, because we, we had a list of topics to go over. There's one that just kind of came up and I wanted to get your opinion on it. Um, okay. I, on Twitter and on the podcast, has been kind of a vocal critic in terms of I really wanted the Cubs to take a, a second look at Jake Arrieta instead of you, Darvish. But then the news came out, which I give the Cubs a lot of credit for, that they made him a last-minute offer that was also six years, and Arietta turned it down. Uh, yeah. I mean, what, what what's going on there? I don't know. You know, you know, Scott Boris is his agent. A lot of funny things have gone on with Scott Boris's agents wanting more money, you know, getting that max deal, working his clients. So I think Scott Boris was a big part part of that, uh, you know, thing. But I also think that maybe, you know, the Cubs did come out with that as courtesy of Jake, you know, that they did make that deal and he turned it down for more money. Not that they didn't want him, you know, just to kind of help his free agency campaign a little bit. Um, but I do think that in the start of the free agency that Alex Cobb was their guy, uh, and that didn't pan out. He turned it down. He wanted like twenty mil a year, yeah. which astronomical numbers for me. I I couldn't even you know comprehend that. Mm-hmm. And then they went to you know I think they went to Arietta, and then they looked at Darvish, and it really came down to who's going to put them in the best position to win in the future long term. And I think that you Darvish was that guy because Jake Arietta. It's 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 hard not to see the control issues. His mm-hmm. velocity going down. His stuff isn't there like it was in 2015 and 2016. 2017 wasn't the year you really wanted from Jake. First half. Second half, Jake Arietta was really good. Don't get me wrong. But if you look at you, Darvish, you, Darvish was the guy, you know, his velocity's rising even after Tommy John surgery. His slider and changeup maybe need a little bit of work, but it's all there. You know, he he's he's the most he's the best strikeout guy in the MLB. There's no doubt about it. So in I history, actually, in the history of MLB. <laughs> yeah, the history. We're talking about Randy Johnson. We're, yeah. we're talking about what we're talking about Clayton Kershaw. You know, guys like that. You know, you Darvish is the mm-hmm. most has the biggest strikeout percentage in the MLB history. So that just speaks volume to the type of player he is. So I think that you know. It, you know, the, the time for Jake Arrieta with the Cubs, it was it was a lot of fun watching him and covering him. Uh, but, you know, good things do come to an end. And I think the Cubs ended a chapter in their book and opened a new one with you, Darvish. Where does Arietta end up? I think that Arietta, now that, you know, the Twins kind of got their guy with that trade mm-hmm. with the Rays yesterday, I think he might end up in Washington. 
maybe the Phillies, but I do think a big threat will be Milwaukee. And it's going to be hard to see them in uh, Wrigley North, you know, pitching against us and in our division. So, uh, man, if I had to pick, I would say that Milwaukee makes a little push for them. Uh, but I do think that Washington maybe have might have something to say about that as well. So whoever whoever lands Jake Arrieta is going to get a good representation of you know their organization and a guy who can you know really rely on them in the off October and you know really push them and give them that extra step. So whatever team does land him, I think that they're getting a really good piece to their uh, rotation. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we heard the comparison uh, between uh, Kershaw and Darvish. Let's let's just hope that's not true uh, when it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. his October didn't look too great last year. And that's just my criticism. And again, it's it's my criticism yeah. being sort of a greedy fan. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're absolutely right. He didn't have the World Series he wanted, but in the NLCS, the NLDS, he did rock us and the team previously. You know, he I think he posted like a one or two ERA in both of those series. So, I mean, maybe the World Series was a fluke. Maybe he was tipping his pitches, but he's going to have time with this Cubs team that's going to keep on contending year in and year out. He's going to have those starts uh, in the in October to really prove himself. So um, I think it's just trusting himself as well in October. So hopefully he can really turn that around and give us that push like Jake Arrieta did and fulfill that role. So getting back on track with uh, spring training, looking at the lineup and position players, um, do you think they add, are they done adding? Um, Because even though it's, even though it's February, what are we at? The 18th, almost the end of, you know, we've got a couple weeks left here, like a week and a half in February. There are still a lot of free agents out there. One of them is John Jay. Uh, yeah. Another one is um, who's a speedy outfielder who used to be on uh, Dyson. Yeah, Gerard Dyson. I mean, that's another Gerard. kind of guy. I mean, yeah. do you think the Cubs are done? I I don't see a, a fifth outfielder, a true fifth outfielder, on their team right now. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, and if they stay with what they have, where does Ian Happ fit into the mix? Yeah, I think the Cubs are pretty set on who they have for position-wise. I don't see John Jay coming back, uh, even though a lot of fans did like him. I liked him. He he did his role off the bench. He was a really good player for us in 2017. But yet again, I could be wrong. You know, this is an offseason we've never seen before with these free agents still in the market. So who knows what the Cubs do and, you know, who they dabble with. But I think we have the depth in the outfield and guys like Ben Zobers or Ian Happ, like you just said, to come in, platoon with someone in the outfield, give a guy a day off. Because I think you're going to see a lot more playing time for more on center field and Theo Madden even said he's going to have a bigger role this uh you know this year so and just talking about Ian Happ I think that you have a really young guy who put together a really good rookie year sucks that other rookies had better years because I think he had a campaign and a resume to put together a rookie of the year candidate uh, I think he bat- belted like 25 homers, uh, 260, 270 average. So Ian Happ is only going to get better. Just And that's the beauty of this team. They're only going to get better. So I think that Ian Happ's status right now is platooning in the outfield with Almora. I think that um, I think you're going to see Ben Zobers come off the bench a lot for the infield. Uh, maybe, you know, get a st- start in left or right field. But I think for Ian Happ, his best bet right now, it's hard to give him you know, a kind of a big, a bigger role when we have all this depth that we keep on talking about. So I think he's going to get a lot of time between him and Almore on the outfield and working him in the everyday lineup and just getting him those at bats to get more, you know, familiar with the MLB and really settling in as an MLB player. Uh, yeah. And Hap is it was on his 22 season is year 22 season. He, like you said, he had 25 home, 24 home runs. I mean, 
And this guy's not going to be a starter. I mean, does that worry any of you guys that we don't have enough at bats to go around for like a young guy like Hap? Maybe like you stated, Zobris. Where does he play? Um, Almora's clearly, you know, um, I think he's going to get more at bats. But until he proves that he can hit right-handers, what do you do out in center field? Do we have do we have too much depth right now? Yeah, I mean that's that's a that might be a little concern. It's hard to work these guys in the lineup, give them the bats that they want. But um, I think that Joe Madden really really has different lineups every single day. So um, I would like Joe Madden to have a little more consistency. I think that's how players grow. I think that's how players get better to get those at bats. And you've seen Albert Omar. He used to struggle really bad with the righties. And even though the critics and even Joe Madden is kind of like holding him back for hitting righties, he had 270 last year versus righties. That's mm-hmm. that's probably better than Jason Hayward. And Jason Hayward's an everyday player. So I think just, you know, kind of settling these guys in in a more consistent role. I think you're going to see it more in 2018. I think it's pretty set that. Addison Russell is going to be the shortstop. I think that Javier Baez is going to be the second baseman. And then obviously you got Brizzo at the corners and Contreras at the backstop. And I think Schorber is, uh, he didn't have the season he wanted to last year. And I think you're going to see him not even there. It was such a fluke year for Schorber. I don't even know what to call it, but I don't see it repeating. He's too good of a hitter. And I think that the only position really that you're going to see dabble Joe Madden dabble with is going to be center field right field and second base yeah and I mean that's my concern is you know winning baseball teams with pitchers who some of the pitchers pitch to contact center field is a huge spot and we're not just talking offense we're talking defense and you know Elmora is certainly capable in, in center field as a defender um it looks like Jason Hayward's you know he does well in center field it's not his true position but I don't know. I would feel a little more comfortable with a guy who was a bat. I know they br- they're bringing in Borges, um, who he's sort of that guy. But I mean, yeah. he couldn't hit his way out of a paper bag at this point. But <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I mean, that's what I'm a little concerned of. Defense up the middle is always key for baseball teams. And you know, in the infield, yeah, sure, Baez and and Russell, that's as good as it gets. But you know, when you're having a, I, I don't want to see Ian Happ in center field. He's not a center yeah. fielder. You know. Uh, yeah, you're right. I know. I know. Joe Madden's a guy that likes a lot of versatility on his team. Mm-hmm. You know, we have Brian at third base who can play the outfield. He can even play first base. We got Baez who can play second or short. Addison Russell, you know, vice versa. We got Ben Zobris infield, outfield, and he's trying to work Ian Happ in the mix. And I think that Ian Happ isn't the right fit for center field. But if you need to throw him out there to get him in your lineup, I think he's capable of doing it. Obviously, you take a little blow on the defensive side. But um, I think that versatility is a big thing for Joe Madden and just kind of working these guys uh, at every position really is huge for him. So um, I have no idea really what, you know, Ian Happ's role will be. I just know that he's going to get the at-bats. I think that he's going to platoon with Elmore in the outfield a lot or maybe even give Javier Baez a day mm-hmm. rest and, you know, lock down that second base. So uh, there's a lot of things that you can do with Ian Happ. He's, he's a nice player to have. And it's crazy that we're talking about this, like, is it bad or not? Because a lot of teams would take Ian Happ as a player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that begs the question, where does Ben Zobris fit in all this? Yeah, I think I think he's going to have a bigger role off the bench. I mean, you have to, you know. I, he did say that, you know, just today that he uh, he's ready for any, any time, any position, any game that Joe Madden really wants him in. So I think he's understood his role a little bit more. I know that he worked a lot this offseason. He was very unhappy, like any other guys on this team, how 2017 did end. So I think that 
I think he's accepted as a role that these upcoming stars need the playing time rather than a guy who's what 36 or 37 yeah. or something crazy like that. He's getting up there in age, but uh, he's a good vet to have on the team. Uh, a really good bench guy too to help these guide these young players in the right direction. So I think he's going to be a big part in the, coming off the bench and giving guys days off. So um, I want to kind of wrap up here and give you, give you some uh, just some questions for us to get to know you. Uh, as a Cub fan, I mean, this is a very important question. <laughs> Jeff and I have our own opinions, but who's your favorite all-time Cub? Yeah, so I, I don't really have one favorite in particular, but I was a big Sammy Sosa guy. Just watching him hit those moonshots and the home run race with McGuire in 98, that was just so fun for the fans and baseball in general. It's so good for the sport. I also like Derek Lee a lot. Uh, you know, I did play first base when I did play baseball, so he was someone I really liked. But right now, my favorite Cubs are obviously the Brizzo combination. It's hard as a baseball fan not to like those guys. You know, Rizzo doing so much in the community, so fun to watch. But I'm also really big on Wilson Contreras, one of the most exciting players on this Cubs roster, and his ceiling is so high. So it's going to be super fun and just to watch him grow. But those are guys like Sosa, Lee, Brizzo, and Contreras, really. And I did like Ryan. I mean, Campbell. it begs the question: Have you seen the picture of Sammy Sosa dressed as a cow? <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah, I have seen that. I don't know what he's doing nowadays. Is he a vampire? I I, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> I have no idea, man. But I did see that, and it was terrifying. But you know, Sammy Sosa is a character on his own. Whatever he does yeah. on his life, I have no idea. I, he looks a little purple these days. I don't, I don't know what the hell's going on. He's not looking uh, good. Um. Okay. So. Uh, Maybe outside of baseball, what what what's Kyle? What's in your Netflix queue right now? What can you recommend to us? Yeah, Netflix guy. Uh, I just recently watched End of the Fucking World. I'm not too Ooh. sure if you have seen that. Great show. Yes. Great show. Yeah, very. It's very intriguing, and it's just it, they're short episodes too. So it's not like you know you have to sit down for a long period of time to watch it. They're like 20 minute episodes, so it's really quick. And then I've been really on Hulu a lot, uh, just kind of diving back into the South Park seasons, catching up on the shows, because I haven't watched it in ages. So I forgot how funny they were in the new episodes. I don't even know how like they put out the content they do or say the things they do, because it's really crude. And, like They really touch on some touchy subjects. What, uh, what kind of music is Kyle listening to? Yeah, I'm listening to a lot of rap music, hip hop. I do like country though, so like it depends. Like if I'm jamming in the car, I'm gonna put on uh, I'm gonna put on country music. But if I'm jamming in my headphones, working out or doing something active, I'm I'm, lipping, I'm listening to rap music. Are you heading to any of these uh, Wrigley Field concerts? Have you seen any uh, of the country acts come through uh, to Wrigley Field? I'm not a big country guy, but I know there there have been quite a few. Yeah. Yeah, there has been. Uh, not in particular. I haven't gone. Uh, it sounds like a blast, though. I know some of my friends went down there to see Florida Georgia Line. They said it was a blast. Regular Field was popping the bars around there. So um, I, I would love to get down to one. Uh, they sound like a blast. And just being on the field and in the stadium and that environment would be awesome. Okay. Um, well, that's about all I got for you, man. Uh, I really appreciate the... Uh coming on the podcast. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing some writing and uh, I'm looking forward to a great year of Cubs baseball. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys for letting me come in. And yet again, thank you for joining the team. I know my followers and everyone else that reads the blogs that are pretty, they're going to be, they're going to like your content. They're going to love it. And uh, I'm excited to see what you do as working, uh, writing and everything else. So I appreciate you guys for letting me come and ramble about the Cubs and we'll probably be in talks later on in the season. Thanks Kyle. Hey, appreciate you guys. Have All a right, day. Take, take it easy. I'm Mike. And I'm Jeff. And that's the trough.